It's episode 69 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Emma Tribe. Hello. Hello. I'm so pleased to be here for episode 69, which is definitely the funniest number. <laughs> My my next door neighbours live at number sixty nine, and I've accidentally sent stuff to them because I've been like chuckling over the number. <laughs> what were you giving your? So, so, no, this was the worst thing was. So I was ordering um, like a bra on the internet, <laughs> and like <laughs> I also and other lingerie items, and I didn't want to be like you know. Um, it's not something that you want to collect from your neighbour's house as well. And I think I was like, ah, it would be really funny if I put into this <laughs> web thing, it's number 69. I think, I don't even know if that was, it was that much or if it was just subconscious. And then I clicked buy and then I saw what address I'd sent it to and I went, oh shit. So your neighbours open your parcels if they get delivered Didn't, to them? No, but I then had to like, I, well, I was really worried about it because I was like, so I, had, I wrote a, a really nice little note being like, I'm really sorry, I couldn't change it, I sent it to your address by accident, so sorry, I'll be by later to pick it up, just keep an ear out for it. Um, and they were really sweet about it and also really protective of my package Aww. and like, oh, you know, well, we've been keeping it safe for you and waiting to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, okay, you're in A Bob. I'm in A Bob. Well yeah. done. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good group to be in. I'm glad. I'm. I'm I mean, it's the only group I'm in. I, other members of the group um, are improv sluts and in multiple groups, but um, I'm pretty loyal. Yes. <laughs> you have some old-fashioned but traditional I, ideas traditional about values so yeah, that you know. Enough. Commit to one group. Yes, exactly. Make a success of that. I'm a... Is it... Mon... Monogroupist? No, that... Does that even work? Like a monogamist, but... Monogamist. (laughs) Monogamist. You're a a monogamist. (laughs) Monogamist. Monogamist. (laughs) You're a monogroupist. Monogroupist. Monogroupist, That's it. I think... I understand why people are, are in more than one group because it, you get to do more than one style of improv and you get more performance opportunities. But I like people who are only in one group. I mean, I, I get really outraged about it, but really it's because no one's asked me to be in their group. Aww. In that other group, it's, you know, everyone else has gone off and like had all these fun, exciting opportunities to form new groups. I'm just like, no one asked me along. <laughs> Would you like to be in a two-prov group with me? <laughs> Course. Brilliant. Right, we'll sort, we'll sort that out. We'll sort that out. And then I'll just have to pour dirt over everything I've already ever said. <laughs> oh no, I'm not going to make you a hypocrite. I rescind my invitation. Oh, it's so confusing. Uh, yes, yeah, so tell me, uh, tell me what A-Bob are up to at the moment. A-Bob, um, well, you know, we get up on stage, um, we get a suggestion from the audience, and then we make, make stuff up. It's... It's as simple as that. Right, okay. No, um, what are we up to? We are currently uh, developing our own format. Cool. Uh, so we've been playing around with this idea called the Abobolips. The Abobolips. Name came before the format. <laughs> as all <laughs> good improv formats should. Yeah, yes. we had Abob and we were talking about Apocalypse and Abobolips is what came of it. And we've, um, we found a really complex way to... To shoehorn that name into a show. <laughs> We've tried um, a couple of times and sort of mixed results. Some bits work, some bits don't. Right. So um, we're, we're workshopping that. Um, and our coach at the moment is uh, Carleen from C3 Something. Lovely. Yeah, so we're utilising her to go and teach us how to improv. Cool. Um, so can you explain a little bit about how the Abobolips format works or does I can work draw you or... a diagram, but it's not great for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always do. Like, people ask me and I'm like, 
Just give me a wipe. Also, it's great that in the nursery, all of the rooms, and also in theatre, don't you think some of the rooms have yeah, whiteboard? Yeah, yeah. So useful, because I like to draw out what it is. I do wonder, though, if a format requires a whiteboard, <laughs> is that too complicated? Possibly. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah, the... the Two formats that I have made, I do like to... Uh, the other format I've made is it's called The Tribe. The Tribe, marvellous. Marvellous, and, you know... You were thinking, should I call it that Emma, or should I... Yeah, no, yeah, I think it was yeah, a good choice. You know, because I like to name things after myself. <laughs> if it's not going to be like a scientific unit or something really good, it's going to be an improv format. That would okay. be my contribution to the world. <laughs> so tell me about how The Tribe works. I'll tell you about The Tribe works okay. first. Um... Which we've never done on. No, I have. To, I did it on stage once. I came up with it in a Maria long form formats class. Right. Yes. And so how that works is um, you have one person who is essentially the protagonist, and they are in every scene. Right. Um, so show starts with them, and show finishes when they exit the stage. You've actually seen it. Right, okay. Not that you might you might not remember. This was like maybe a year ago before. <laughs> right, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, so, for the benefit of the listener, I'm pretending that I don't remember and <laughs> encourage you to explain it in full. <laughs> That's it. If, if you said, yeah, I'd have been stopped. Yes, move on. Move, move on. on. That's it. So no much more. more stuff to talk about. We haven't got time to talk about this whole format that you've created. Because someone might listen to this and think, hey... That's the format and it might spread. It might spread. Yes. And it's the tribe, just so everyone knows. <laughs> I, you know, I don't care about you know royalty amounts or anything like that. It's just as long as my name gets propagated <laughs> with the format. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's got you've got the central character, the protagonist, um, and they first off in the first round they have a scene for about yeah seven people. They have a scene with the other six people on the back line who are all coming in, being characters, interacting with this person. It's also um, all set in one location. Right, yeah. Not necessarily all in the same time frame, but one location. So they run through um, with all these different characters and it's always, you know, the character that needs to come on next and so on. When that round finishes, the last person stays on and they're joined by two more people from the back line, keeping their characters that they already were. So you've then got four people on stage with the protagonist. Um, they all then leave the stage, and then the other three people from the back line have characters have the stage with the protagonist. And then everyone comes on, and you've got um, all seven people, and it's often it ends up like an intervention right okay for this main character and then when the main character goes off to do whatever it is they need to do the show finishes wow but you see why i, I like to have a diagram to explain yes. it no i can see how a diagram uh, yes i can see how a diagram might help so how how come you were getting to create your own formats in uh, oh, maria's so long was, form class it was a, it's a specific one maria's long form formats class right so the whole class was on teaching us different formats and then at the end we got a chance to make some up. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah, cool. it's a good class, that one. I'd cool. recommend it. Cool. <laughs> Maria's a good teacher. She is very good teacher, yes. <laughs> Talking of good teachers. So you're being coached by Carleen at the moment, yes. Carleen McDermott. And what, is, what does she bring to the um, improv table? The improv table. So we've had two sessions with Carleen so far. Um... What does she bring? She's so she's teaching us skills that we don't usually do, yes. that we find tough at the moment, and she's asking us searching questions. <laughs> that, you know, when you're like, oh, we don't need to ask each other these questions. And, you know, Carleen sits down and says, "Where is your goat going? What are the aims? All of this stuff." She's really good and needs to happen. Those sort of like awkward conversations, but it's not really that awkward because Carleen's lovely. Oh, that's interesting, though, that she's yeah, she's kind of coaching the group, but in how the group works. Well, I think it was yeah. So, so like she just wanted to understand if she's coming in to coach a group, she wants to understand where we're going, and we then had to 
work it out. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, and what is it? Our last session, so she's helping us with our Ebobolips format. Um, so she was teaching us a format that's similar to this Ebobolips to help us get some of the skills that we need before putting it all together. Because I will explain how we do the Ebobolips. Um, I'm really sorry for the lack of diagrams because it would it would honestly make this so much easier. But if you want to draw a diagram while explaining, <laughs> I will take a picture and then I will tweet it, and then people can refer to the diagram. I've got so many pictures of diagrams on my phone. I'll draw you a beautiful one later. I've only got one color of pen at the oh. moment, and it, it really needs at least four. <laughs> this, this this format terrifies me. Uh, so, okay, so we get um, so we get a source of irritation from the audience like what's irritated you today and um a non-geographical location so um the first round we do a two-person grounded scene in that non-geographical location and it's got to just sort of be it's the real world things are happening very grounded and then we move on to some like monologues which are like sort of um talking heads sort of uh character testimonials um and it's um taking that source of irritation that we were given at the beginning and then um extrapolating it to how it ended the world so it might be you know um let me think of it so it might be you might get really irritated when people when you cut a lemon and you get lemon juice in your eye and it must be something like um there's a big sale on lemons and we thought it'd be fine and now we're all blind or... <laughs> <laughs> and you just sort of pull out some like diverse repercussions of what's going on with this reason for ending the world and then the final sort of round is um scenes in this post-apocalyptic world <laughs> so using uh, sort of what was said in the monologues um, and also bringing back the characters that were in the real world the, now into the what are they like in the apocalypse world right to sort of show the contrast cool now that everyone's you know lost their eyesight from right. lemon juice or something <laughs> Yeah. That sounded more simple than I was expecting. Maybe I just complicate things. <laughs> but it's interesting that you're drawn to the complicated format, the format that needs diagrams. <laughs> is that something is that something you so this was yeah, this wasn't just me making this oh, up. Right, I will okay. say, like there was um yeah, there was about seven or eight people involved. Right, okay. Over various points in the genesis of this right complex okay, okay. I, i'm i'm both blaming you and giving you all the credit because i <laughs> created the tribe so i presumed you were the main person behind the apocalypse. no you'd know if i'd created this because it would be like the emma <laughs> the emmerocalypse <laughs> i'd like to see the emmerocalypse that sounds quite delightful you know my ego is not such that i couldn't stand to have it not named after <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Um, so you and A-Bob, you've also trained with Keith Mulder before. Yes, yeah, so Keith Mulder was our um, original coach. So we formed, well, we formed in a Chris Mead long form workshop uh, back in, you know, I think it was March 2016. Um, and so after that, we went to one of the, I think it was... Um, like the hoopla mixes or oh yeah, 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 yeah. it was either done by someone, and I think that was where we met Keith, who was offering to be a coach, or maybe that was where we met Arfie, who was offering to be a coach. Right, I remember Arfie offering to be, to be a, a coach. coach. Yes. Yeah, that was where we met Arfie offering to be a coach. We met Keith offering to be a coach. Meredith found him right at one of these C three something um, jams. And I like to think Keith and Arfie sort of had a fight to see who would coach you. Well, uh, what we what we had done for a long time is maybe use Arfie like once a month and use Keith the rest of the time. Uh, right, okay. Because they're quite different 
yes. as coaches yeah. um, and as people. But I know them as people and performers, and yes, they are very different, yes. They're very different, so it gave us... Together they're one rounded individual. <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> a super improviser. Yes, they're a super individual if you combine them together. I'm a terrible Or a person. super coach. <laughs> a super coach, excellent, nicely Nicely saved. Sorry, um, everyone talking. I'm just going to shush. <laughs> yeah, so that was how. That was how. I did. I, I don't think I was going anywhere else. I'm okay, fair enough. Because um, I was just interested in what is it about the C3 something approach that attracts you or a Bob? Um, they have been super welcoming we like their coaching style it's i mean um keith's one was um quite nice so he was just starting out as a coach and we was just starting out as a group so i think we were both sort of finding our dynamic together um which was nice um and we are house team at c3 something so what does that mean that means that once a month on a Sunday evening, the first Sunday evening of the month at 8 p.m., we do a show. Wow. With uh, the other house teams, which are 20% less, Talking Dog, and One With, One Without. Oh. Yeah. I've not heard of One With, One Without. I shall have to speak to somebody from that group and ask them about it's their a, group rather a, than asking you to describe their group because that seems unfair. Yeah. <laughs> How how much have I been paying attention to this? It's a quiz. <laughs> They're too prof. Cool. If that narrows it down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What I find useful about doing a C three something drop in and being coached by anyone, but I've done plenty of the drop ins, is that their way of approaching things is very different from my natural way mm. of performing. So I find I learn loads. Um, I did once did a John Agapu drop in, and. You know the the way of transitioning from scene to scene. I just came away and I was like, "Oh, that's how it's done." I'm like, I could sort of half work it out from watching it, but when he actually went through it, how it all worked, I thought, "Oh, right, it is still magic, but I sort of understand how you do the magic now." I think it was yeah. Uh, Carlene had like one of those sort of amazing um, explanations that it's like now it makes sense the difference between organic and premise you know with premise based improv you're just further along the line before finding the unusual thing or game whereas with organic you've just got a little bit extra legwork to get to that point right yes that's that's really interesting i, I don't know if that. i've done her like amazing explanation any justice <laughs> you know if that wasn't a great explanation it's because carleen's was perfect right fair <laughs> enough i'm not gonna <laughs> paraphrasing <laughs> So yeah, and also you um, presented a show at uh, the Miller recently yes. while Hoopla were away on holiday. So um, yeah, we had a great opportunity. I mean, I think I did uh, one show our Friday night before, which was one of the breaking and entering nights, where I, I got to be in the um, playground swingers. Cool. What was that like? Oh, it was so much fun. And, like, the other people were so good. And also, it was a Friday night audience. And Friday night audiences are, like, the best. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, because, like, they've um, they've come from work, so they've not made all of the effort to come into London. They were already in London. And then they've had a few drink post-work drinks, and they don't have to get up in the morning for anything. And they're willing to laugh. It's not an empty room. Yes. So I was like... So, you know, it was great that um, Hoopla swanned off and we were able to <laughs> nab the Miller on a Friday night in August. Were there any lessons learnt um, from organising your own event? Um, or was it just great? If it was just great, that's fine. It was just great. It was just great. Um, from an artistic side, it certainly was. But um, you were there. You I were there. Because um, you were like, oh, because I've got a few tips, Emma. I've got a, a whole booklet of how to do a night um, that I wanted to share with you. <laughs> no. I did share one of my. Was it that night that I was like, 
will everyone just stand in the light, please? Yeah, stand yeah, in the you light. did, yeah. <laughs> I think that's an ongoing thing, and I think that's the thing, because I do a lot of tech, um, is the lighting is um, basic at the Miller, mm. but just if you're being blinded by the light, then you're in the light and we can see you. I Carry think, on. I think the natural thing is, I don't want to be blinded. I understand that. You know, I can't that. speak for everyone. No, I do understand I... that. And in general, that's a very good uh, self-preservation tactic. Yeah. But when I'm watching you in a show, I want you to be in the light. No, I, I completely understand because I have seen shows that are really dark. And I've also <laughs> done that thing where you're the person who's like, you can't quite see, so you're squatting down while you're on stage. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So you don't get all of the glare, and it just looks so bizarre. Actually, I did see, um, when I was uh, doing my stand-up set, uh, one of the people who was also on my course with me, um, bless him, he did, like, half of his show sort of squatting down with his eyes, hand over his eyes. Whoa, that's a, that's a bold choice. So it was a bold choice. So tell me about your, your stand-up career then. My stand-up career consisted of one night. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> consisted of one night. I took up the um, Hoopla stand-up course um, because um, I think it, it, yeah, there was some special deal going on and it was half price for me and I can't resist a deal. <laughs> so, you know, my fear of doing stand-up was completely outweighed by... This is a real bargain. <laughs> so had you done improv by that point? Or yes, yes. Yeah, so that was... Um, I must have... I'd done short-form improv on stage. Right. So this was before I discovered long-form, or halfway through discovering long-form. Um, that's... Yeah. I think I did my Chris Mead long-form class at the same time as I was doing the stand-up course. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Yeah, because okay. I went and sort of um, in the break said, guys, do you mind if I just um, do my stand-up set in front of you all and record it so I can <laughs> cut the bits that don't laugh? Wow, okay, cool. Yeah. So what's your, what's your stand-up style? Stand-up style is, um, oh, this is a long time ago, it feels like now. I don't know, it was sort of um, awkward but enthusiastic, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. Just me in life. <laughs> 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 really... <laughs> Try to stay close to to life, with, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, you know, made a few jokes about uh, forages into Tinder, made a few jokes about incest, you know, standard. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the go-to well that we're go all drawing to. from when we're doing our stand-up sets these days. I, uh, my worry about stand-up is that people might... You know, once I've left the stage, they might have been educated, but not necessarily entertained or <laughs> to laugh. And that's fine, because I do a bit of teaching. Uh, so <laughs> in those sort of situations, it's very much what you're aiming for, but uh, not necessarily on a Friday night at the Miller. No, I think what what I didn't like about it was... Um, so I was used to, like, the transient nature of improv, which is... Um, you don't have to learn any lines. There is that, yes. You don't have to do any... Uh, you have to practice, but you don't have to write something, learn it, yeah. make it tight, and all of that. You go up there and you do the best you can, and at the end of the day, it was all made up. Whereas, um, you know, with stand-up, you feel so much more vulnerable about putting a piece of yourself up on stage because you're... You've written it and yes. you've gone and, you know, you've passed it through several people and you've gone and laboured over it and when to pause and when to make loud noises or whatever and where to put the intonations, you know, listen to yourself saying it back. So there's a lot more work process. Yeah. So if you get negative feedback, it's so much harder to deal with. Yes. Yeah, and, you know... I'm a millennial, so a fragile snowflake, and <laughs> <laughs> I want to be brilliant at everything. First time. Well, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry to speak for my generation on that. <laughs> I mean, you are the voice of a generation. <laughs> the voice of a generation. There's a microphone, I'm speaking, I'm voice of a generation. <laughs> that's how it works, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it works.
So you went to New York recently. Yes. Tell me about your New York trip in every detail from the beginning. Don't leave a single detail out. Oh, of course. Um, I've actually brought my diary along and I thought I could do a reading from it. I would <laughs> love that. I would love that more than anything. Oh, um, Dear diary, why am I so alone? It's because I've come to New York and I don't know anyone here. That's why. I Yeah, actually, I don't write in an entertaining style. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, got to hostel, took a nap. Went straight out afterwards. <laughs> no emotion. <laughs> Purely, I did this. Then I did this. You know that, like, childhood, right about your summer holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did this, and then we did that. <laughs> I Well, I'm always worried that someone's going to read it. And right. then, you know, they'll think my emotions are weird, or I'll feel like too, you know... W- I will look back and go, oh, cringe, angst, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so you just write down the facts. And I, that, le- that I keep it to the facts. Right, just the just facts. Just to spare the cringe. Is this because you're a scientist by nature? Uh, probably. I, yeah, I am a scientist by nature, so I studied physics at university. Um, and I'd love to say that that's, you know, it's been a source of constant inspiration to my improv, but... I, I think I've had it a f- couple of times where I've tried to explain some physics concept on stage and then just been like, no, I've forgotten it all. <laughs> you see, it is, it's a wonderful thing when you do have a passion and a knowledge mm. and you can bring that into a scene. It's a really lovely thing and I think it's entirely legitimate to try and you know work that in. Yeah. But if you can't remember... Well, I think the thing is, um, I know way too much about icicles from my physics project. Really? You see, I would love more things about icicles in improv scenes i think that'd be brilliant yeah it was a yeah it was a fun project i don't know the problem is it doesn't relate back to the improv very well because i'm always too much like no but that's not fact but that's not what my research shows (laughs) (laughs) but isn't that a wonderful character to play (laughs) constantly correcting no that's just me in life (laughs) (laughs) playing with a thin veil playing with a thin veil so new york to me about that. So, um, it was my first time in um, the US since I was eight. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. I, I thought arriving at the airport, we'll start at the beginning. Arriving at the airport, I, yeah, I've been told, Emma, just don't be yourself. Just, <laughs> just charming, be like, isn't it? straight face, don't try and smile, don't try and crack a joke, none of that. And I actually, I thought it was a beautiful moment. I managed to share a joke with the person at the border. Wow. It wasn't like someone said, Emma, don't be funny or try and make a joke with them. And I was like, this is challenge accepted. (laughs) I'll get myself deported or laugh try it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, eight hour flight, no sleep, feeling pretty, you feel pretty rotten at that point. Yeah. And so did you spend the eight hours preparing some material? <laughs> the material specifically for this uh, <laughs> border control guy. Not at all. I spent the eight hours um, trying to sleep and yeah. failing. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, it sucks. It's like that on an aeroplane. Um, no, I, uh, I think he said, oh, put your right hand on the fingerprint thing. And I was, I then immediately put my left hand on it. And he was like, no... I was just like, I'm, I'm too dyslexic. <laughs> I don't my, know my left from my right. I'm really sorry. To which he was like, me too. <laughs> we share this connection. <laughs> Clunk, you're in. Well done. Welcome to America. <laughs> That's how I got in. <laughs> There's a little tip for anyone. Yeah, you know, just find some common thing with the border control. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and and then and it's like it's like a film set in New York. I mean, I couldn't resist but take like a yellow taxi into Manhattan from JFK. <laughs> um, you know, I'm only gonna do it like maybe once. Maybe I'll go back. I'll try and go back. <laughs> so yeah, took a yellow cab in, and all of the lights are just like what you see in those film sets that are probably filmed in LA. <laughs> Um, you know, and there's people drinking on the sidewalk out of paper bags, and you're like, oh, that's from a film. <laughs> Sad, but it, it is a stereotype. 
Um, and also, like, um, I was told the New Yorkers would all be, like, universally really rude, but there were some very nice New Yorkers. Cool. You know, um, like, once my British accent came out, <laughs> they wanted to be my friend. That's nice. <laughs> Which is very nice. Um, and nice people from other places. And, um, yeah, the course was really great as well. Um, so this was also my first time doing solo travel properly. And so I thought taking an improv course, something I love, somewhere I want to go is like the perfect way to do solo travel yes. because then, you know, I'm with these people for eight hours a day yes. for four days. They have to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. Yes, that's pretty how it works. <laughs> If you're with me for long enough... <laughs> We're you either going to be friends or enemies. Friends. <laughs> right. Either way, there will be emotions involved. <laughs> <laughs> and also, our teacher was Aaron Jackson, and he was hilarious. Like, he'd be trying to teach us something and then go off and be incredibly funny, talking about his time in, as a student in Colorado, which is... Um, so removed from like UK fire drills that we have in schools is they have um, they also they have fire drills but they also have bear drills wow and um, shooter drills wow and you're saying um, so fire drills they get out the building form orderly lines registers get themselves say standard for a bear they all um, get out the building, congregate on the sports pitch and make loud noises. Wow. Or, for an active shooter, scatter and hide. God. So you've got to really know which, <laughs> what is threatening you at that point. Yes. Because it's, it's, there's a very different set, you know. Yes. Fire just quietly in lines so they can take a register, bear loud noises all congregated together, shooter, disperse and hide. Yes. You don't want to, yes, you don't want to get confused as to whether you've got a, oh, I know, man. But anyway, yes. Um, but that was really, yeah. Useful advice. Useful advice. <laughs> so no. it was, it was, how long was the course? Uh, so it was a week-long intensive. Cool. The 101 was great. Like, there was so much improv wisdom. Um, I did some great diagrams. <laughs> um, about, you know, finding the first unusual thing, going for justification. Um, yeah, I think one note I was get, getting like, yeah, you you found the game, we got that, you just didn't rest it. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That one, you know, where um, you can't just keep hitting the game button. You've got to yes. you've got to rest it, otherwise people will get fatigued of laughing. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I just love that in any of my sets, if people were fatigued of laughing. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a terrible outcome, I know, does it? it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, you are right there. That is the next step. After learning how to spot the game and play the game, game. it's then... How do you rest the yes, game? Yes, so you can bring yeah. it back again. Um, but it, I've met some really amazing improvisers. The group was um, split between people who'd done lots of improv um, and me. Um, I'm going to put myself in the lots of improv yeah, yeah, yeah. category. <laughs> I invented my own form. <laughs> and people who, it was their completely first time doing wow. improv. It's quite interesting to, yeah, do a 101 class with these two different types of people. Mm. It worked, like, really well. Also, what was quite weird was there was four Brits on the course. Out of a class of 16 yes. in New York, four of them were from the UK. That does tell you something, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know what that tells us. I feel that tells us something. They're all jumping over the pond. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Had you met them before? No. No, I hadn't. <laughs> all right, okay. I, that would have been even weirder if it was <laughs> someone I'd met before and just um, met them again in New York. No, um... Yeah, I mean, but some of them who'd been doing it for years and were just really skilled and it's lovely to learn improv with someone who's really skilled and, you, like, there's one guy who just, he just knew exactly what to bring to the scene. Right, yeah, yeah. And it was always a joy to watch and a joy to play with him. 
and it's like it's yeah it's nice to be around and play with someone you're like where you're like this is what I want to be like as an improviser. I want to be the person who knows exactly what to bring to the scene, who, you know, will support the other person, who can anticipate the next move, and it was great. Cool. So what sort of things did you cover on the course then? And was it a lot of it what you'd covered here before? Yeah, or? so a lot of it was what I'd already covered. Right, okay. Um, which is going to be in any introducing, yeah. you know, improv course. It's all made up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there was the standard, um, the name game, the usual sort of game, those sorts of games. When you say the name game, what, what specifically oh, do you mean? Oh, you know where you are, I'm Elephant Emma. Is that what you go for? Is that your no, go-to? No, that's like that's like the never one I never go for. <laughs> I don't know why I said that one. <laughs> I sometimes go for suspicious Stuart. Suspicious. Ah. I mean, that doesn't say whether I am someone who is acting suspiciously or someone who feels suspicious. Whereas I like completely cocked that up. It wasn't even like a descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just a word. Just, just a, a word. word. Just a I am eggplant Emma. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was quite nice, actually, because there were so many British people. Um, uh, Americanisms were translated into Britishisms right. for our benefit. Like, <laughs> in kindergarten, primary school for you guys. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking most of these things we probably can work out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the context. It's not that different a language. It's not, it's not that different. But it was, it was, I thought, a very sweet move yeah, to no, make us nice. feel included. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, and there were things that the, I mean, although I think I used once the um, suggestion of viaduct, and they're like, is that, is that a British thing? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's got a Latin root or something. <laughs> it is, yes, it's strange when you make those suggestions and then... Well, I thought everyone knew what, knew what a tease made were. So it's like, turns out not. It's like, well, the worst is when you make a suggestion and it's a word that you don't really know the meaning of. <laughs> and then you have to be like, totally know what that means. And I try to think of a word that is awkward to know. Oh, yeah, I totally know what loquacious means. <laughs> I wasn't just trying to sound clever by shouting out an unusual word. <laughs> God bless you for trying something different because it's not the quality. It's not the quality of the suggestion. It's the quality of the improvisation that's important. But oh, isn't it nice when you have a word that you don't get all the time? At least you know, it's you have new links to make with that word mm. before you do your scene. Yeah. So, what would you say the th the biggest lessons that you took away from your time in New York were? Um. So I think I was trying to think of that. So I was looking through my notes of what I had. Um, oh, I loved this um, one, which was the most important thing about walk-ons is walking away. Ah, yes. Um, it, the fact that a walk-on is a support move and your walk-on should still work in 30 seconds. It's you're, The walk-on's not the joke. Right. The joke is what's going on. Ah, that's interesting. So, you, you know, if you've got a walk-on, 30 seconds down the line... It should still work. It shouldn't be a time-dependent joke. Ah. You're supporting the scene, but the game that's happening with the two improvisers—that's the game. You're not the game. Yes, um, that's really interesting. I've not heard that before. Yeah. Uh, also, walk-ons are like the force. Control the force and use for good. It can be used for ill. Darth walk-on. <laughs> I think walk-ons are really tricky because all too often it's because, hey, there's a scene. It's going well. I'd like to be in that scene. Oh, I'm walking on. Whereas actually, you want to be walking, doing walk-ons for scenes that aren't going well. And if you can walk on, clarify something you've seen, and yeah. then walk off again, that's a really beautiful thing to do. Yeah. I think um, Arfi uh, taught us a, a wonderful way. Um, also, when like a person's being described in a scene, which is... Um, is this person who's being described the Candyman or Godot? Right. The, if it's the Candyman, 
then if it's said three times, that person's got to appear. Right, okay. Whereas if it's Godot, i.e. waiting for Godot, the film, they can be spoken of many a time and never appear, and the beauty in the scene isn't diminished by the fact that they never appear. Yes. That's really interesting, because I've always uh, favoured the Candyman over Godot, but it's nice that you can yeah. do it either way. Yeah. I thought that was... I mean, I've not seen either film... But I... It's <laughs> a play. It's a way play. to go to play. Well, yeah, it was a play that was made into a film. Did they make film. it into a film today? Yeah. Oh, oh, right. It's like, you know, I mean, like I think any like, of those films. I think Candyman was also... I think that was on Broadway before. No, it wasn't. It was just, just, I've never seen it either. I just know that you're supposed to look into a mirror, say Candyman three times, and then... The Bertie Bassett... <laughs> I imagine that if licorice all sorts come on, then you get Just to eat licorice all sorts, which is, I'm, I'm not sure I haven't seen the film either. It's um, it's actually a really fun thing to do at any time you're in front of a mirror. Really? Just say, say Candyman candy three can, times. Candyman, Candyman. And Bertie Bassett will walk in. Does it work? Does it work? If you're, listen, if you're playing a podcast out loud and there's a mirror in the room and then on the podcast they go Candyman, Candyman, Candyman and then the monster will come out. If that happens, do tweet at Improv London because we'd love you'll, to... You'd like, you'll hear our screams in the police tapes. Um, you know, when this is taken to court, um, when, they, when they're looking through what's happened to our bodies. You, so you know, <laughs> it, it was true. He appeared. <laughs> I think they're fairly safe for mirrors in this room, which makes me think, probably vampire. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Uh, Cool. So, so you came back from New York, a changed performer, an, imp- an, Im- an improved improviser. Improved improviser. I would love to say that that was it. I was <laughs> changed immediately. You know, I spent a lot of money to go to New York. And <laughs> <laughs> if I don't come back, I said, well, what was the point of that then? Um, you know, I, I, I improved a bit. I, think. <laughs> I improved a bit. I learned new things. That's cool. That's cool. It's cool. You know, it's always difficult to say. When you don't have like recordings of myself before and after on a day that is exactly the same, and from a scientific point of view, so, it's you know, very difficult to measure. Where's the split variable testing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I think that's a question we're all asking. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, yeah, how do you? And also, it's not a linear progression. You are not very good, and then you get good. It's ups and downs. Ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I went on the stage three times in New York. And if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I've heard but it said. I've heard I, it sung. I came back, so I, I didn't make it there. <laughs> Wasn't a one-way ticket to New York. <laughs> Wasn't immediately spotted for my role in an up-and-coming improvised sitcom. Well, they knew. They knew that you're a, you're a one-person mono, monogroupist. I was trying to get my name out there as well. Yeah. <laughs> tribe, she's here. <laughs> she's walking around the streets. Hello, Tribe. <laughs> <laughs> and did the people on the course become your friends? Yeah. Good. Yeah, they did. That would be they really, were very lovely people. That would be really... It would have been really, really awful, awful if it was like, no, they all turned against me. <laughs> Um, I was basically a pariah to that group. Um, they were jealous of your talent. <laughs> That's why I'd say if that happened, they were jealous of your talent. I joke about it. Honestly, my ego is not that big. <laughs> it just oscillates between incredibly insecure and incredibly large. Right, okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be quite something to be, become a pariah within, you know, a week. Even on an intensive course, you'd have to be doing some pretty strong moves. Yeah. Uh, to do that. Cool. And did you get to see a bit of New York while you were out there? And yeah, I mean, um, I I saw loads of New York and I saw loads of UCB shows when I was out there. It was actually really nice. Um, my first day that I was there, uh, Shem from C Three Something was that was his last night in New York. Um, so I sort of got off the plane, had a nap, and then... As, as so, detailed in your Oh, life. as detailed in my know. <laughs> if you were paying attention earlier, <laughs> then you would know. Um, and he'd got complimentary tickets to a show, so I walked into a free... Oh, lovely. ...and hilarious show. Cool. Got to see, yeah. I can't even, I Though I was so jet-lagged, I can't even remember who I saw. <laughs> I know I saw improv. Right, cool, excellent. <laughs> I think I laughed. Yes, good, good, good. 
did you watch YouTube and go, well, they're all right. They're just a bit like C three something, really. They're like they're like the American version of C three something. <laughs> um, you can put that on the posters, by the way. On the posters, C <laughs> three something have an amazing reputation out in New York. That was do what, they? They do. Do they? Yeah. who told you that was it Shem no loads of people when I was like oh yeah I do improv in London and they were like oh there are some really great guys over in London I don't know if you know them C3 something I'm like yeah yeah I do know I of do them. Know them I'll tell them you said that <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> and I'll tell everyone in London <laughs> everybody listens to this podcast thank you for listening to this podcast don't take you for granted Cool, it's not, it's it was nice. yeah, it was different. I think in New York, I can't put my finger on how it was exactly different, um, but you, you know, it, was, it may have just been the accents, but it felt different. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's accent was a lot more convincing. Yeah. Than it was in London. <laughs> cool. So um, when you're on, when you're performing, what can people do? to delight you um oh i saw this wonderfully before they can uh pee before the show they can laugh loudly and listen quietly from the audience oh that's from the audience that's from the audience right? oh yeah <laughs> so if they're performing if they're performing with you, <laughs> no i'm all uh, about the audience <laughs> uh, right yeah, fair enough it's very good to consider them uh, um so from another performer um uh, i guess um so um what is it when when they say no to me I'm always just like that's all of improv yes Anne <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's going on in my head so I was like don't say no to me um, also <laughs> oh, what's the other one I hate being gifted as a child I, it, uh, that's if, interesting if anyone tries to make me a child I'm always just like you dick <laughs> yeah 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 I, it's, it's not something I've ever liked playing it's interesting, actually, because I went through a period of playing children in scenes, and Carleen called me out on this, um, and actually it was because I didn't want the responsibility or the power in the scene, and if I was mm. a child, then I was kind of uh, low status. Recently, I went through a phase of never playing children. Recently, I've started playing children, but high-status children, Yeah. which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's how you do play children. Um, and actually, I think I, I did actually have a fun scene with Zara once from um, A-Bob where um, I was playing a high-status child. Um, <laughs> yes, I did too. Yeah, so it's Zara... Hilarious and terrifying. <laughs> Zara made a, a bold move of sitting like a teddy bear on the stage um, to which I went, Oh, I love you, Teddy. You're my best friend. Then thinking, ah, oh, shit, Teddy can't talk. <laughs> so then it was, um, I'm so glad we irradiated you, Teddy, and gave you a <laughs> gave you a life force. Now you can be my friend forever. <laughs> but yeah, that sort of um, <laughs> child who has created their teddy bear friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to be their best friend and doesn't understand that teddy bear might want to do its own thing every now and again. <laughs> no, that's not what teddy bears do. <laughs> yes, it was both hilarious and terrifying. <laughs> two of my favourite things from improv. Um, so, yeah, so the big sort of last question, um, and it's kind of, I think we've almost got to that through what we were just talking about there, but what is your signature move when you're on stage what is it people are going to go hey that classic tribe classic tribe oh man this is, this requires a level of self-awareness that <laughs> i'm not sure i have a <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic tribe would be um uh, a, a a not good accent <laughs> right okay you know I'll, I'll go for an accent commit to it and Nine out of ten times, it's a terrible accent. But occasionally, I really nail that Australian twang. <laughs> um, what else do I do? Um, I, I like to think I, I, I sometimes make good premises. Um, I'll, I will break during the scene. 
um, and corpse for a bit. Also, just as like an audience move of mine, you'll you'll know I'm in the audience because it'll go quiet and I will find something very funny in a serious scene and then you'll just hear a ha ha <laughs> from my loud actually that was quite a nice one yeah. usually it's a really horrific cackle <laughs> i think i did it once in a show and someone was just like oh mother i've i've got something to tell you i'm um i'm addicted to drugs and i just went ha ha <laughs> <laughs> so probably no, that no. sounded awful for the podcast right, listeners I'll, I'll balance it out i'll balance it i'll bring that's the one bit where i'll, I'll reduce the amplification is all right please do <laughs> My oh, my my uh, team members in the office are always asking for that. Just reduce the amplification, Emma. <laughs> so you're you're good at premises. You're good at um, laughing, laughing, corpsing, corpsing. You're good at coming up with premises. There's <laughs> a nice thing to take away uh, from. <laughs> I do accents sometimes. I'll often uh, be quite a creepy character. That's what I was asking about. Yeah, that's what um, you really. Yes, yeah. I didn't want to say it, but that's yeah, what I was asking uh, about. Intense, creepy character. That's yes, I, I can. That's what I love. <laughs> that's the tried move that I love. The it's the intense, creepy character. Tell me about those. Oh, I had a great one uh, with Steve Howe. Um, we sat down and playing around with the chairs for a minute, and then um, I sort of draped myself over Steve and told him. How he, I, he was such a good boy, and he was my favourite child. And I asked him all about how his day had been, and, and he was like, um, "Mum, I'm, I'm forty now, and it's a bit creepy." I was like, "Oh, but your, your mum is special, boy," and was just very overbearing. I, you know, had his boss round for dinner, wanted to know his progress report. You know, um, was cutting up and masticating food for. <laughs> Everyone at the table. <laughs> Masticating is just a hilarious word, so. Also, yes. <laughs> um, and after the show, um, I think Steve's, one of his like close family friends, came on and was like, you really nailed Steve's mum. Do you know her? <laughs> wow. I've probably thrown Steve under a bus there. <laughs> If ever there was truth in comedy, <laughs> you had discovered it that night. Uh, yes, I loved that. That character in particular stood out. And I was like, this is hilarious and terrifying. <laughs> Which I would suggest is perhaps your signature move. That's my signature move. Yeah. In life, too. <laughs> <laughs> I made this. That's improv! <laughs>